PR. It's not just a catchphrase. It's a passion. And it's a career. But sometimes, it can be a headache. So sit back and recover with this PR Hangover, a podcast of Grand Valley State University's chapter of PRSSA. I'm your host, Brady Mills, and this is probably the only hangover you'll ever look forward to. He's the publicist for your favorite singer's favorite singers. David Robinson, a GVSU alum of 2010, now owns his own agency called The David Brand, based out of Atlanta. And he works with huge names in gospel and R&B music, such as Trina and Evelyn Braxton, T.C. Carson, and the Clark Sisters. David sat down to talk about his journey from advertising and public relations, learning at Grand Valley, to a huge city like Atlanta, which is a hub of entertainment where he has not only worked in music, but he's worked in film, doing publicity and public relations for The Matrix, Resurrections, Dune, and Cruella. David has really worked his way into the scene. He's a very skilled communicator. He talks a lot about how he's done this um, through networking and, and through learning about other people and investing in relationships, which have in turn brought him many different connections and a gateway into a really neat industry. So I hope you'll stick around to the end. He has some amazing things to say, some very practical tips, and also some, some broad overarching themes that we can look to apply to our lives as students if we want to go into something similar. Without further ado, here is David Robinson. Well, David, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I mean, we, we were just talking before the show, but just really excited to have you have a publicist perspective and not only that, but that of an alum of GVSU. So thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you reaching out. So as we get into it, you know, I, I love that the listeners to be able to get to know who we're talking to a little bit. Um, and I think this will lead right into our conversation today. But we, I, we were just curious, like, who, who do you look up to the most in the music industry as you're working in it? Oh, gosh. Um, I would say one of the a, a publicists that I think I really look up to is the publicist for one of my favorite artists. Um, her name is, now she's someone that I'm friends with on Facebook, but her name is Yvette Noel Shore. She's a publicist for Beyonce. Um, and it's interestingly enough is the fact that Beyonce was her first client, her first PR client ever, um, way back when Beyonce first started and she's still working with her to this day. So I love the fact of being able to see the longevity of their relationship. So she's someone that I admire from afar, yeah. but I would say up close um, is a mentor of mine. Her name is Tracy Artis. And she has really been, you know, very hands-on with me and helped grooming me to be a better, um, she actually doesn't work in PR, she works in radio promotions, but she has helped me navigate the uh, music industry very well. Now, is the music industry pretty interconnected? Like, is it, is it built on a lot of know, people who know people who know people who know people? Or is that something that you have to really, you know, seek out? It really is know people to know people to know people. You know, there are certain things that you, certain people that you can possibly find from a Google search or from a, um, oh gosh, I got to turn off. But um, from a Google search or, you know, maybe a LinkedIn or Facebook, but there really is nothing like, a personal connection, just being able to have someone that, oh, I, you know, at least, you know, was able to, you know, have drinks with this person. I met this person at an event, or I met this person having coffee, or, or I know that this person does X, Y, and Z. Those things have a little bit more weight, but um, it really is, it really is um, who you know. And one of the things about it, especially in PR, is your 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 power is your network. 
you know, our product versus, you know, someone that may own a restaurant or someone that owns a, a bar, you know, their product is the actual tangible thing, but our product is relationships. So, you know, you're everything when you have them and nothing without it. Hmm. And so I, I guess before we continue on with the question, I would love, like, is that, is that building a network something that, um, like, how do you, how do you go about that? Is that, like, I, I guess, I guess as students looking to enter the industry, like, what, what, what are your, your tools and tactics of, of sure. building that? So I'll say when I first got started, I rem- so when I, I studied, you know, advertising and PR at, um, at Grand Valley and, and Grand Rapids, Grand Rapids is not really an entertainment hub. You know, Grand Rapids is, you know, Grand Rapids. <laughs> so I did my internship at St. Mary's Hospital there. And so I started to learn more corporate PR. And it wasn't until I lived here in Atlanta that a friend of mine that I knew worked in PR mentioned, he's like, hey, can you come work this red carpet with me? I was like, oh, red carpet, that sounds cool. You know, I would love to. And it was for the Think Like a Man 2 premiere that happened in Atlanta. So that it was the world premiere of that movie. And I'm and I go not really know what I'm walking into. And literally I'm seeing Kevin Hart, Terrence J, Gabrielle Union, Lala Anthony. And they're all like within arm's reach. And I'm like, come, hey, what's up? And matter of fact, I was walking down an RB singer, Selena Johnson, and her mother was her guest. And and her mother was like, Can you get a picture of Selena with Kevin? So I said, I excuse me, um. Mr. Hart, yeah, Selena Johnson wants to take a picture with me. And she's like, oh yeah, I love Selena. And here I am talking to Kevin Hart and I'm having this, and mind you, there's at least 50, maybe a hundred media outlets there all taking pictures and doing interviews and with this big step and repeat. And I'm like, well, what is this and how do I do more? And so I left that, so after that event, I was like, oh my God, that was so incredible. Like I saw, I mean, everybody there from, you know, R. Kelly was there, Usher was there, Ludacris was there. I mean, so many people were there. And um, after that moment, I was like, okay, well, let me know anytime you're ever doing these type of events. And so from that point on, I started volunteering. Like, hey, if you guys are doing a screening and you need some extra hands on deck, let me know. And so I had a full-time job, but I was just volunteering and just started to network and just say, hi, I'm David. Want to know how to, so, so who invites, how did y'all know about this? Like, how did you, is there a contact? Like, this could not have been, been through text messages. Like, what happened? So I just started asking more questions. And um, the agency that put it on, I was like, oh, can I just like start working for you? And they, and they told me, uh, no. Cause you don't know, you, you don't have the experience yet. And so I was like, well, how do I get it unless I get the job? But it really was me. I started volunteering at their events and start, started meeting the journalists, started meeting the photographers. They started getting acclimated with my face. Um, they would give me, they would quickly pass my business cards. And I think a lot of them um, believed that I was something more than I was simply because of my presentation. So mm-hmm. I was the type of person that I'm going to wear a suit jacket. I'm going to wear a polo or a button up shirt and some nice, jeans or khakis I'm I'm that kind of I present as if I'm running it even if I know absolutely nothing about it and so people started wanting to network with me and I started to build that and this just kind of grew from there okay so then how did that how did you, you translate that from your corporate journey were you working in corporate PR at the time that you started doing that 
No, I was working in digital marketing, actually. Oh, okay. So I really, so I was a digital marketing consultant for a company called Revlocal. I was with them for five years, five, six years. Um, Basically, it was outside sales and going door to door to businesses and consulting with them on their digital marketing strategies, helping being found on local SEO, um, organic SEO, or digital ads, social ads, all of that. So I would meet with them all day. So it was a remote position. The company's based in Columbus, Ohio. So I was in charge of the Atlanta territory and being able to work remotely, I set my own schedule. So I would kind of, I would do a lot of the things and kind of knock out some goals there and then be able to hop back and do some other things based on my own schedule. So I really was kind of doing two things at once. So you were remote before remote was cool. Exactly. Oh yeah, I've been remote for a long time. He's been at it. I have not worked really in a conventional office Hmm. environment yet. I mean, it feels like, it feels like your career hasn't exactly followed the conventional path. It hasn't. That is really, so, so then you got into music solely based out of interest and enjoyment of being at these events. Is that? Yeah, it was really interesting. So one of the great things about Grand Valley, Grand Valley afforded, so when I first went to Grand Valley, I went and actually, believe it or not, had a, a vocal performance scholarship. So I was in a school of music and after a, a semester with doing theory, I said, hmm, if I'm going to be spend years in school and spend thousands, thousands of dollars, I could do it in a different way than music notes. Because I just knew the end result was either a music teacher or you get a degree and then you just go audition. And I'm like, well, I don't need a degree to audition. It's either you can sing or you're not. And I don't want to be a teacher. So I actually re-auditioned with this, I, Dale Schremer, who's you know still a good friend, and, and he was my the head of the vocal department. Um, I asked if I could continue voice lessons, so I had to re-audition. So I did. I re-auditioned, and they allowed me to continue to study privately, long as I promised to you know participate in the musicals, participate in the choirs, and then um, I was able to switch my major to advertising and public relations. Okay, so you took the the background of interest in music and started applying it to the the technical things you were learning in the major. Exactly, and okay. and really getting the opportunity to meet a lot of my my favorite singers, people that I personally enjoy. So it was really cool. That is really interesting. Okay. Um, so walk us through then. I mean, I think we hear the term publicist throw, thrown out, but I don't know if many of us students really know of that as like a career option and what it entails exactly. So, sure. I mean, if you could give us a broad sense of what a publicist does and then maybe a quick snippet of what your week looks like this week or um, some tactics that you do in daily life, just so you know, we could just get a better understanding. Sure. So um, there's, you know, there's a variety of different types of publicists. So there are publicists that do that, you know, focus more on the event side of things. Um, I am a publicist that focuses more on like media relations. So people, when they hire me, they hire me to get on the news they, or get in newspapers, get in blogs, get in magazines and create campaigns to spread awareness um, online, on television, all of that. So a lot of my clients don't even, I live in Atlanta, most of my clients don't. So I have clients in Michigan and the DMV and Texas and LA, New York, um, because really, especially in today's world with certain things like Zoom, how we're having this conversation and I'm the interviewee and set them up by Zoom. 
there's so many interviews that happen for clients via Zoom as well, or phoners or whatnot. So um, that's really one of the biggest things that I do. So, you know, in a typical week, it, it's, it, you know, every, like the saying goes, every day is a pitch. So we're constantly pitching uh, media outlets, figuring out the best way to create a narrative you know, create a narrative and strike interest from media outlets. So it requires having relationships. It requires having the right softwares. It requires having the right access to know what are the, what are the opportunities that are out there for your clients for more visit, added visibility that can hopefully generate more revenue, generate more streams if they're promoting music, create more awareness, build a celebrity profile, you know, all of those things. So it's basically like public relations for a single person. Yeah. Yep. Okay. okay. So I've done, so I've done um, most, most of my clients are as personal PR, but then I've also have done, um, I've worked on three films as well. And oh, two cool. of them have won Academy Awards. So Congrats. Great. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So then, I mean, I, I guess if you're not in a corporate setting, that means that you have to kind of start from scratch with a lot of these things. Um, what then are the tools that you have found to be most helpful? Even if you want to mention like specific, I know like, like Muckrack is a popular one um, mm-hmm. for a lot of PR people. Is that something you use? Are there, are there specific softwares you stumbled on, on your own that, that you were like, this is worth a subscription. This is worth using. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So the one that I use has really been huge for my career. I use Cision. Cision. So Cision is a, a software. It runs a little over three grand a year, but you know, it's definitely worth the investment because incision, it gives you access to media outlets of any type of category all across the country. So if you want to say, if you want to say, if I want to be a publicist that only focuses on agriculture, I can totally do that because any type of agriculture media outlet is there. If I want to focus on food beverage or dance or sing or sports or anything, but literally the contact information mm-hmm. for a lot of those places are there. Um, what is not there necessarily is a lot of the personal blogs. So maybe if there's like certain blogs that we may be a fan of on YouTube or on Instagram or all of that, that requires a little bit more research, maybe some DMs of that. But Cision is such a great software that you just have 24 seven access to get up-to-date information and send out pitches and it changed my business. Hmm. I, I kind of a side question here, but how do you know when you're, when you're working on something and you're doing that research and you're digging into those blogs and, and Facebook and DMs and all that, how do you know when it's like, you're too far down a wormhole, that's not going to produce the fruit you're looking for. So you don't waste your time anymore. And how do you know, like what's worth kind of digging out? Sure. So I think it's about cast. I think a lot of times for me, I think it's about casting a wide net. Um, It's interesting. One of the things I found very interesting is especially when I first got into film PR is that a lot of the contacts that I would send pitches for for personal PR clients, I was sending them and I wasn't getting responses. I'm like, what is what's going on? But let me say that I'm working on a film and they're immediately responsive. I mean, they're like writing back, oh yes, we're really interested in, and it was, it was like, wait a minute, now, okay, now I sent you pitches <laughs> about 10 other clients and I got nothing. But then now I mentioned, you know, the matrix and you're like, oh yeah, I'm like, you're sitting right at your computer. So it's, it lets me know that in a lot of cases, especially when you're dealing with a larger major outlet, um, it really is about the quality of the pitch and really making sure that whatever you're sending over is something that is pertinent to what they're looking for. 
So films, obviously, is films gets lots of, and it's important, I think, to really always remember that all of these media outlets, they're in competition with each other, right? And the biggest way that they stay in business is by their advertising, is when advertisers actually go and pay to be visible there. So we, so when they're looking, when they're seeing a pitch, they're gonna, they're gonna say, if I run this story, could this potentially render me a return as the media outlet? Will they, will they, will people click on this story? Will they find interest in this? If the answer is yes, then that's when you may get a follow-up, which in case in point, a lot of film, because film, new TV shows, all of that is a thing that's almost given, gets a lot of engagement. But um, as far as a personal story, like it, is it a, a heart tug? It, what is it that will cause people to want to click on it? So that is the biggest thing to always remember is so if I'm, if I'm sending out a, a lot of pitches and I'm not getting responses, that also lets me know that number one, I may need to examine which outlets I'm pitching. And then number two, what's actually in my pitches is something that's really appetizing. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. And then uh, obviously, like you mentioned, a lot of, a lot of your work is relationship-based. Um, how does the upkeep of that go? I mean, are, are these, are these relationships you have with your client personal more than maybe an agency would have with um, like a business client or is it strictly business? Uh, and then how do you, is that, does that mean regular zoom calls? Does that mean travel a lot? How do, how do you do that? So it's a very, it's a simultaneous thing that I have learned how to do is to keep up, to keep, you know, keep the brands of my clients integral, number one. But then I also make sure my personal brand is also important too, because they understand that whomever they say represents them, represents them. So if I am the type that wants, I, I have to be conscious of what even I post on social media personally, because even though one may think, oh, I got all my accounts private and yada, 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 people search. They, they search. So they're searching to see what selfies you're posting in your personal time. They're searching. <laughs> Funny story. I posted a video when I went to the beach. I was at the beach. I was at the beach. At the beach, you know, guys, we wear trunks. You know, that's, that's what we wear. I posted a video and I was dancing to a song I really love. I was at the beach on my personal time. And I went to a really big um, award show, a big gospel music award show. And one of the biggest names in gospel, one of the biggest worldwide names um, was like, oh, there he is. And said, oh, hey, what's going on? And he said, yeah, this is the guy that posts, na posts naked videos on, on social. I said, wait, what, what? Oh yeah, I saw you over there dancing and doing this. I said, first of all, I was not naked. Number two, I was at the beach. Number three, this is on my personal page. Like, why, 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 why are we having this conversation? And then he talks about this to a group of anybody who was listening. And then he repeats this story later on in the day in front of one of my biggest clients. And the, and the I mean, huge worldwide names. And they were like, David, you were, I was like, no, I was at the beach. But again, it, it provided like a context of like, people are watching, right? because everything is about branding. So if I'm gonna walk into a room and say, I represent A, B, C, and D, they're now looking at me and making a just, 
making a um, judgment call about the talent based on who I am. So it's always important if you're working in this industry where we are representing someone, you have to make sure that what you represent is something that they would want to be represented by. That is huge. And I think too, like, I mean, a lot of people, you know, Gen Z, my age, are, are this huge push for authenticity, right? Which is super important. But um, I think that leaks into social media and people forget like older generations might not see it the same way we do. And no. those are the people that need, to, that we need to respect us. Um, so that is, that is huge. That you, you, know, yeah. you know, we're in a day where, you know, we're in a, we're in a day where we have, you know, glorify nothing and it's nothing against anybody, but we, we glorify, um, you know, explicit pictures, we glorify explicit language in music, we glorify, you know, you know, things like OnlyFans, you know, strippers have a lot of visibility, people with sex tapes and all of that. And they, and that is, you know, and I mean, it's a, it's a normal conversation, even in today's dating, you know, it's, you know, we just, oh, people love to send a nude, <laughs> you know, like that's a, that's a very common thing um, and I understand a certain generation may understand that, but that other generation that has the coin that you want to pay you a monthly retainer doesn't, and they still see it differently. And so if you want them to respect you, then it's important to, to understand what they're looking for. Yeah. I, I love this conversation because I think hearing from someone who does PR on such an individual and personal level yeah, you see, you have to, your audience is always there, right? I mean, always. it's always, you got to always think about that. It's not like, oh, I go to my Instagram page and that's, that's my segment. Like, no, that's the public. Like you have to, <laughs> yeah. Hmm. And it's interesting because, you know, you never, I've, it's, it's been interesting for me because I work with several people that people have like really cult followings with. So prime example, you know, I've worked with the Braxton family for years. So, I, you know, I've been Trina Braxton's publicist, which is, you know, Tamar Braxton and Tony Braxton's sister. They're all sisters. You know, I've been Trina Braxton's publicist for many years. I've, and they have a very cult following. And I've been, I remember even another gospel group called the Clark Sisters. They had a huge, uh, they had a huge movie that came out on, on Lifetime. And they have a huge following. Like they're, they literally are your favorite singers, singers, you know, from Beyonce loves them. Mariah Carey loves them. Usher loves them. I mean, everybody loves them. And I've been stopped on the street. Excuse me, you work with the Clark sisters, right? I don't even know who you are. Oh, you, you, work, with, you work with such and such. I remember I was in Chicago. I live in Atlanta. I was in Chicago shopping in the mall. Excuse me, you look so, do you work with the Braxton? And I'm in, I don't even live there. And people realize, people, because people that are really big fans, they know, they know who their favorite artist is, and then they tend to research who they work with too. And a lot of my clients have even posted me on their pages as well. And so they know who I'm associated with. So, you know, understanding that there's a lot of people that know, there's more people that know who I am than I know who they are. So I should always be, I always have to be on guard to know that there's someone always watching. Mm. Hmm. And, and now you mentioned, I mean, those are some big names, the Braxton's, the Clark sisters. <laughs> you, aside from those, are you, are you a person that's actively looking for more clients or, or different clients? And if you are, or if you aren't hypothetically, like, is there an artist that you would love to be the publicist for? 
So I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily looking. I will say I've been blessed that this is a, a very strong referral business that I've been referred um, a lot. I would say I've never actually, believe it or not, I've actually never advertised for new clients ever. Um, I just have been received a lot of inquiries and referrals and whatnot. Um, but, you know, a dream person, of course, that I would always say to be able to work with and just, I've always said I would love to just kind of be on like Beyonce's team just because she's my favorite. But, and, but I also love like her PR strategy because there's a lot of things in her PR strategy that people don't always, always, time, always realize the publicist did, even if she doesn't have to say anything. So even like there's certain, there was like the certain challenges that went out to some of her music or there are certain clips that will resurface or there's certain, there's like a big, a big placement like she did with Tiffany and Co company or there's a big um, Vogue thing. And then, and then it's like, you don't hear, you're not hearing, she's not doing any interviews, but the PR is still having ways people like they'll reach, we can reach out to media outlets and say, the top 10, um, maybe like a, a gossip blog may say, you know, top 10 moments where Beyonce shut it down. And that is something that maybe the publicist pitched that now the article is out. And we think it's just the article created. It's not necessarily that. It is the PR. So even because I even learned that with film, with film PR, that we don't always, especially in the agent. So oftentimes in film, they even break it down by like market. So film may hire like, an agency for their mainstream press, another agency for like, you know, uh, Latino press, another agency for like African-American press, another agency for um, Asian Pacific Islander press. And so they'll, they do all of those things to cover those different markets. And oftentimes we don't get access to the talent, but we still have to find a way to be creative, to engage the media, to get a buzz out about the film, even if there's nobody. So I still have to get a, we still have to get a buzz out in, in AA media, even if they're, there's no one AA in the cast and we don't have any access to the cast to be able to do interviews. So we've had to do, I remember when we did, when we did um, the Matrix Resurrections, they really went on the, we, one of the parts that we use is that oftentimes the Matrix has been mentioned in hip hop. So I reached out to a couple of hip hop blogs and said, well, let's talk about how Matrix has, what is it about the Matrix that the hip hop community found to be interesting um, to be able to mention it. So then we found a lot of different places that the major interest was mentioned, sent it to a couple of hip hop blogs, they create an article. And it's about now that we have more visi visibility about the film. That's fascinating. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, we even did. We, yeah. Well, I was going to say, I, I always wonder about that with like, um, like you see the Twitter accounts for, I don't know, what is it like Parks of Rec out, out of context or something like that, where it's like, you know, you think these things are, but they're like verified accounts that, that like someone is behind that you just think, oh, like, oh, everyone loves the show still, but that's exactly, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, well, I don't want to take all, all your day here, but if you could um, finish with like, what advice would you have for students wanting to get plugged into the entertainment industry or, or um, the publicist life? Sure. I would say number one, um, I, and I say this in any, any type of interview or panel that I sit on, um, the key to good networking is be, being great at being a giver, a giver's game. So this is what I mean by that. You know, oftentimes you'll meet people like, oh, I want you to look at my business. I want you, you know, I want you to get you on, you know, because I want you to, or this, or I, I want to work for you. I want to learn how to do this. I want, 
And they come from the angle about, I want, I want, I want, I want. Versus one of the things that was very, that worked well for me is maybe I find an opportunity and I said, oh, maybe I find, I don't know, my local grocery store. Would you guys, are you guys looking for more promotion? Would you, how would you feel if there was like a celebrity that came through and just did an appearance here? And like, would you pay like five grand for that? Like for like a good name, would you? Oh, you would? Okay, perfect. Then I may go to said celebrity. Hi, my name is David. I, and on, be, I'm on behalf of Kroger, wanted to find out if you'd be interested in appearing. We have a budget of five grand. Wanted to see if that'd be something you'd be interested in performing. Like bring something to the table. Not, oh, can you just teach me how to teach me how to teach me how to? Or if there's a, say, if you want to network with just another publicist. Hey, David, I saw this, I, you know, at my, at my school or at my organization or at my church. You know, we would love to have such and such. Can you, I, and what is the way that we could do it? To, I would love to be able to help out in any way locally, in any way possible. That's what really garners attention from key holders. Uh, of like, not what can I not, because more often than not, we don't have time to just give these things. And especially in PR, um, one of the things that I've even learned, which, you know, full circle moment, when I first applied for that, when I first asked to work at that agency and they said, no, it's interesting because that's the same agency that I was hired in for the three films, Corella, Dune, and The Matrix. Matrix. But I get it now because even now, like with, I have an intern and I'm, I'm open to a couple, I'm open to a couple more, but the intern that I have now, she's, she's a great girl and she wants to learn, but she doesn't know anyone. She doesn't know, she really doesn't know much. So when we need to quick turnaround and say, hey, we've got a press release to get out and we need pickup, she's at square one. She's like, so who do I send it to? So starting to really figuring out like, okay, started maybe even building some relationships with some small, even if it's a smaller media outlet and to say, hey, I want to get into PR and just want to know, like if, if I want to send you a press release, what email could I use? Those are small ways to do that. And just say, hey, I, hey, my name is, you know, Stephanie, I'm looking to get into more PR. I would love to help out. I've got a couple media outlets, not a lot here in, here in Grand Rapids that I want that if you ever needed anybody to place, I, you can send it to me and I'll help you get some more pickup for you. That is something, bringing something to the table. And that's how I think really garnered attention from a lot of people. Hmm. Well, that was all incredibly well said. Thank you. Thanks for sharing with us and, and um, spending some time. I, I'm really excited to share this with students just because I think, um, it, you know, just another avenue opened uh, of, yeah. of what we could possibly, possibly do with this degree in our own interests. And um, so thanks for being here. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. I, I love it. I come back anytime. So we will, we'll drop your information in, in the description so people can kind of follow along and um, check out the David brand and what you're all about. Yes, please, please. I would love that. Thank you so much. Thanks, David. As I'm sure you gained from that interview, David is one heck of a professional and we have a lot we can learn from him as students. So feel free to reach out to David. He's dropped his contact information for us below. You can follow along the David brand, see what he's up to. He attends a lot of cool events because that's his job and he's just one awesome person. So reach out to him if you have any questions about the music scene, about being a publicist, about what any of that might entail as a career. And with that, I will see you next time on PR Hangover.